Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name's Colin. I'm the C. With me, as always, is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. I heard you were in London recently. I was in London to yes. watch Les Mis, if I'm not mistaken. You're not mistaken. I I, uh, I see, saw Les Misérables on uh, on stage with and, my good friend Rob, and, and it was and? good. It was excellent. Big fan. Did you cry? Uh, probably. Did I, you I, shed I, manly tears? I I usually cry. Who's um, that? Uh, well, who didn't? Basically, <laughs> most of us. Um, I know I've got a soft spot for um, Eponine. So, Why? Just unrequited love. That's that's one of the uh, one of the, the great stories of Lamers. Um When what's his name? Hugo Jackman. Um, <laughs> Hugo Jackman. Hugo Jackman. I've I've basically I've taken Hugh Jackman and I've I've merged it with Victor Hugo to form Hugo Jackman. And it's the, still not the person's name, right? The lead character of. Um, of Les Mis. You mean Jean uh, Valjean? That's the one. <laughs> 24601. Yeah. I thought you just saw it last week, Colin. I knew really. I was I was some 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 comedic uh some comedic work there. Some this hilarious. Like always does to your memory, guys. Some hilarious comedy to uh to kick off the podcast. Just let you know what they're in for. Today today we're talking about sports films. Um Yes. Sir. Just in time for the beginning of the Premier League season. Is it really? <laughs> no. Long-term listeners may have picked up the fact that Zijan, you're not you're not the, the world's biggest sport fan, are you? I watch something. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's very convincing. That's, very, <laughs> that's, that's almost my, I, my my attempt to pass myself off as a musicals expert. <laughs> I, I did watch uh, the Olympics. Okay. Part of it. I was okay. in London to watch the London Olympics when uh, the badminton finals when Malaysia oh, really? was playing. Yeah, yeah. See. I, there you I, go. We can talk about all those all those amazing badminton films today. Yeah, I have a huge list of them, Colin. Do you have many? <laughs> I don't have any badminton films. Um, <laughs> I've got a lot of sports films. Uh, we're also going to talk about the films of Samuel L. Jackson, um, and we have got a little quiz on John Carney, who you might remember from last time, uh, is the chap behind Once and Begin Again. And uh, Sing Street. Sing Street, thank you. Um, he's probably not related to Mark Carney, Governor of the Bank of England. Uh, everyone likes Bank of England reference. Um, no one likes a Bank of England reference, Colin. <laughs> Who likes a Bank of England's reference? When we uh, when we switch up to our, our, our spin-off podcast, things about the Bank of England. Hey, what about that base rate, eh? Twenty five bips. You can do uh, this podcast by yourself, Colin. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you want to rescue me from this uh, from this pitfall and, and pick We've up the news? news? Okay. All my news are nothing to do with the Bank of England. Oh, no. All my news are to do with the Bank of England. So this is going to be a good balance. <laughs> yes. um, I know that Lionsgate, the film studio, oh, yes. has confirmed that it like to make more Twilight and Hunger Games films. What? Yes. But only when both authors are ready. But So it's what? good that they, you know, consider the opinions of their authors before they, you know, but, want... Yeah. But they've done, they've done all the books. Yeah, but you don't have to do, you know, just the books. I mean, look at Harry Potter. You make Fantastic Beasts and where you can find them, right? I, J.K. Rowling so wrote the script for that. So, so. they're going to bring in Suzanne Collins and Stephanie Meyer to do their uh, to do some script work, are they? Is yeah, the I mean, idea? the world needs more vampires and werewolves and broody love triangles between twin Bro- teenagers, obviously. Bro- Broody, um, sure. <laughs> well, broody, broody, and brooding, I think, are quite different are concepts. Bro- broody is when you want children, like a, a chicken. Don't a they chicken want children anyway? Broody at times, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but okay, so there have been four Hunger Games films and four Twilight films. No, five. Really? It has to be five because they split the last book into two, so there are four books in total, right? So, 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 so of the four Hunger Games, I, I've not seen any of the Twilight films. Of the four Hunger Games films, mm-hmm. maybe one and a half are good. Is that the, the third one is is dull? The fourth one I got about fifteen minutes into and thought, why am I watching this? The first one's great. The second one is okay, in my view. The world's not crying out for more of this. Are you sure, Colin? There, there were multi million franchises multi-million multi-billion fran- <laughs> franchises surely um, yeah they probably probably topped a billion yeah so why not and it's not like so I'm, I'm pretty sure the, both those film franchises paved the career for their stars anyway I mean 
I think Jennifer Lawrence became big from yeah, other games. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and- although clearly none none of the stars are coming back. Like Jennifer Lawrence, Christian um, Stewart. We want to know more about them. I want to know more about Bella. Yeah, I want to know about Katniss and Peeta and their kids. Maybe their kids. You know, so many, so many we, stories you can spin from that. Are you, are you on the next? You want to switch to the next generation? Um, uh, Wuthering Heights style. I see. You, you could get um, who's the woman who played uh, Mystique in in X Men before Jeff Lawrence did? <laughs> Rebecca Romijn. Yeah, you get, get her to play the old Katniss. Yes, that will work. Go come full circle. Let's um, let's get something in development. <laughs> What's next? Um, have you heard of Lucille Ball? I've heard of Lucille Ball. That's uh, from I Love Lucy. Yeah, that's right. Apparently, we're getting a biopic of her, written by Aaron Sorkin, starring Kate Blanchett. It's going to be on the Amazon. Okay, isn't Kate Blanchett a bit too old to play her? Um, I'm not sure how old she was when she was big. To be honest, okay. uh, I think she probably. probably yeah. did. It, it, I always her in the like her mid twenties. That's the thing. Uh, I think she was. Well, she was on TV for a ridiculous number of years. I think I Love Lucy is like one of the longest running sitcoms or else. So, um, so if they're doing a kind of Cradle to grave type story, then they'll need her to cover a wide range of ranges. Although it's, yeah, Aaron's talking. He did um, Steve Jobs, which was a very different kind of biopic in that it was just basically three different scenes from his life. Interesting to see what he does with Lucy Ball. But I think it's one that it's, it's uh, um, debuting on Amazon. It's, clearly, Amazon is trying to flex its muscles a bit more in the uh, in the film game these days. Mm. I don't have. Uh, well, I don't. I say as Amazon. I don't know if it's just going to be on Prime or it's just Amazon Studios are producing it for the for cinematic release. Presumably the latter. But. Would you watch this film though? Yeah, I, I think I'd probably watch more or less anything that Aaron Sorkin wrote. Okay, uh, I'm a big fan. So uh, maybe so some of it I've kind of watched after, like seen it on DVD or something, rather than going to the cinema for it. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd see that. Fair enough. Um, next on my list is uh, one of our favorite directors, Damien Chazelle. Oh yes, he's written. Uh, a thriller. Okay. Called The Claim. A Claim? The Claim. The Claim, okay. Yeah. So it's about a single father with a criminal record who is compelled to find and save his kidnapped daughter while struggling okay. against another couple who claim their daughter is the daughter is theirs. Ah, so that's the uh, basic... Con- taken meets Changeling. <laughs> yeah so he's finally got gotten a director to direct it so he's not directing this film himself oh really okay. yeah um, he's going back to his script writing days so um, the guy who's directing it Erickson Kaur is mostly known for cinematography so I don't think he has many directing credits under his helm so interesting yeah okay. see how this is going to play out it's going to be interesting to see Damien Chazelle I don't, I don't know what, what other films has he done that well, I think he's written alright oh, I don't know because so I, I think Whiplash and uh, and La La Land are the only ones he's directed, or maybe he's done like some really minor things or short films or something. But in fact, he did a short film version of Whiplash, I believe. Yes. Um, but yeah, and I don't know. I think he's still fairly new to this, so uh, so he's yeah. probably going to turn out that he like he, he wrote Speed or something now. But um, <laughs> probably yeah. he's younger than us, Colin. Oh man, I I don't have any Oscars. This is uh, this is embarrassing. Yeah, but at least you have an FIA. I do. Does yeah, he have his, an FIA? Where's his actuarial qualification? <laughs> exactly. You, again, it'll probably turn out he's got one. Um, but let's, let's assume not. <laughs> we, did you harbour hopes, Tijan, of being the next next James Bond? Uh, no. No? No. I'm well, not interested good. in being James Bond, really. Like I told you before, I've only started watching James Bond films since the Pierce Brosnan age, so I really have zero interest in it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good because apparently, according to rumor, yes. Daniel Daniel Craig is not only back for the, the James Bond film that everyone thought he might probably be back for because he was under contract anyway. He might do another one after that as well. Oh my god! Yeah. Which, considering he basically spent the whole um, Spectre press tour saying that he hated making James Bond films. Exactly. It's a. They must be. I mean, they are paying him embarrassingly large amounts of money, but embarrassingly, they must be getting. Many, many tens of millions. But still, uh, though, this this will put him as like the second longest running Bond, wouldn't it? Uh, so it six three. films. He's, yeah, so seven would be. Watch them all, made seven. Yeah. Yeah, that's 
That's insane though. Like for someone who wasn't keen to play James Bond, it just no. sounds like you know he's doing this for the money and not because he likes it. Absolutely, and I, I think we we talked about this last time, but I think it's time for something new, something fresh. Um, well, there's there's rumours that we might get a, a big name director uh, for this one. So that, Christopher Nolan's name has been mentioned, but I'm not sure if that's really likely to happen. It's not like Christopher Nolan to. Well, I keep. I was going to say he doesn't do franchises, but he did the Batman thing. So, but, that, but that's the only. I was very kind of out of character for him. Uh, Venice, it was fantastic. It's a good work, but um, yeah, I don't think, think he's ever made a sequel apart from that. That's true. So uh, yeah, I, to be honest, this is all rumors. Who knows? Um, but I'd like to see something. So you, do you want to see a female James Bond? Yeah, I don't. I I don't feel any. As I say, it's like Doctor Who, right? Yeah. Like, I just I just don't feel any what's what's the word for it I, I have zero relationship with this character whatsoever Fair so enough. I don't really okay. care. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm I'm not the biggest James Bond. I've got I've got all the, all the films. So I guess I'm more of a fan than than many. But um, yeah, I know female Jane, female uh, Doctor Who. I'm I'm all in favour of that because I mean the Doctor can change into any anyone like regenerates all the time. Yeah, and is as not a human. Um, Whereas James Bond, I mean, the, the first name is James. That's to me. That means you've got to have a man. Maybe James yeah. is short for something. James jo- L. Jamisha. Jamisha, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what a reveal that would be. Jamisha Bond. <laughs> Do you think James Bond has to be a human? Could be a a dog. A dog, yeah, or you know, a sparrow. The next one. Yes. A sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> think, think, I mean, this, I don't know. They're paying eight, eighteen million or something for Daniel Craig to make other films. How cheap would a sparrow be? It would be. I don't think a sparrow can handle his martini, though. Oh, that's a very good point. Deal breaker. Oh, well. <laughs> what else is on my list? Uh, so I know Riz Ahmed is joining Tom Hardy in the upcoming Venom film. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah. Good, good casting. I yeah, like Riz Ahmed. So the release date of the new, the upcoming Venom film is uh, due to be twenty eighteen October. The fifth, yeah, never um, gonna happen. Never gonna happen. And he won't be playing the movie's villain. So, do you know who the villain of the film is going to be? Uh, it's probably Carnage. Is yeah, it? it's going to be Carnage, which is basically uh, so. It's basically those... Venom, but red. Okay, and and for those listeners who aren't uh, aren't keen devotees of Venom, what's what's your five word summary of uh, of who Venom is? It's basically Spider Man with sharp teeth. And black. Oh, that was, okay, that was eight words, but it's close enough. Um, there you go. Uh, yeah, it's such a weird concept of making a Spider-Man villain film without Spider-Man. It is. Venom was Venom became quite an anti-hero nowadays in in comic books. Like okay. he used to be like the main villain of main villain of Spider-Man, and he, until you know he got back his humanity, etc., etc., and then they introduced Carnage to be. You know, the... Bad Venom. Yeah, basically, yeah. Okay. Well, Tom Hardy's great. Riz Ahmed's great. This film is probably going to be better than it should be. This, this Unless point. they start introducing three more villains. Yes, that's always possible, I suppose. And a love interest or two. I, hey, I'm all in favour of a love interest. Not if there are two more love interests and three villains competing for screen time. That's true. That's true. Plus, they've got the origins and... Yeah. Ugh. Seemed, yeah, Tom Tom Hardy's done quite a wide range of films. He's done kind of indies and he's done big blockbusters and uh, obviously he was Bane and Dark Knight Rises. So he's a chameleon. Hopefully we'll get to see him speak this time. Yeah, it would be lovely if they didn't cover his mouth. Although he's Venom, so I guess they're going to... They probably have to, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, um, do you like films about cowboys? It depends. I've seen some good westerns before, <laughs> yes. Do you like films about ninjas? Oh, where's this going? Do you like films about Vikings? Oh, no. <laughs> well, I have good news for you. No, <laughs> no, this is not good news, Colin. Please. There's a film coming out, release date in 2019, called Cowboy Ninja Viking, starring your favourite actor. Actually, possibly your favourite actor, Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah. Um, Why? Apparently, apparently, it's about personality disorders or something. Um, what? So, whilst it sounds like it's a kind of good old fun time kids action thing I think it's about people who think they're made different things or are made different things or something anyway it's apparently been hovering around for a while which is the first I've heard of it but uh, yeah it's happening Chris Pratt will be a cowboy of ninja and a viking you know it sounds like what Chris Pratt's uh, 
character on Parks and Recreation would love it, love to do. That's very true. That's yeah, it's something true. that Andy Dwyer would love to be a cowboy well, in fact, ninja uh, Viking. It sounds a bit like a scene from the Lego Movie as well. A, it does. If you're <laughs> just surfing a uh, Chris Pratt's track record. Yeah, that's that's. A, I mean, Cowboy Ninja Viking. If if every twelve year old kid in the country hasn't seen that film, they they've done something wrong. It's an exciting title. Uh-huh. Do kid the kids like Vikings? I've no idea. I don't know why Viking. Since why when? Since when was Vikings hot? Ever? Um, oh, you're playing on my lack of knowledge of uh, Scandinavian history. No, but um, in general, like, do you, as a ten year old, would you like Vikings? Uh yeah well actually since you ask uh, when I was ten we read a book called Eric the Viking it was great I've since seen the film uh, which is directed by one of the Pythons I want to say Terry Gilliam but it might be one of the other ones oh. Ter- no Terry Jones I'm going to stick with Terry Jones as my claim no Eric Idle anyway one of them moving um, on <laughs> what else you got uh <laughs> Creed two Oh yes, it's set to bring back Drago. Oh re- really? Yeah, Ivan Drago. <laughs> For those in, who do I know, like in Rocky Four, Ivan Drago. Yeah, yeah. As in Dolph Lundgren. Yes. The old, they're not bringing back his kid. They're bringing actually him, are they? I think so. That's what uh, Stallone has promised. Wow, that's a that was unexpected. That's blindsided me a bit. Yeah. Co- so. Comedy Russian. That doesn't. People people love Rocky Four. Did and you? No, no, I didn't. I, I well, I, I think it's better than Rocky Five, but uh, it's got a, it's got a talking robot who becomes Paulie's servant, which is a terrible, terrible uh, idea. But yeah, I mean, Drago is a pretty cool character, I suppose. He, uh, apart from the fact he killed Apollo, so for, yes, he killed Creed's dad. So yeah, that could be a talking point. Yeah, that might come up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, you killed my dad. <laughs> yep. Cool. It's a bit, it's a little bit Star Wars. <laughs> uh, yeah. Really? You well, Luke, Luke says to Darth Vader, "You killed my father." Uh, <laughs> I am Darth your Vader. father. Oh, do you think it's going to turn out that Drago is Creed's dad? This is going to be so weird, though. I don't know how <laughs> genetics work, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't work like that. It's unlikely. Um, Creed has, doesn't even have a Russian accent. Um, speaking of Star Wars, they uh, they've announced some more uh, characters from Last Jedi, which. I only saw yesterday, but may have been a while ago. Um, so there's going to be a, a, the, the Porg, or the Porgs. is a, a race that kind of look like a fluffy penguin um, with huge eyes. I, I, have faith, I have faith in the Star Wars franchise, but... Um, what, what, what? It, Are they coming the, in a new film? Yeah, yeah. So a fluffy but, penguin with huge eyes. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you do this and want to... Want to See what a porg looks like. Google, Google porg, P-O-R-G. Um, they, oh, they I need to Google picture, this. They, they put a picture in Entertainment Weekly. I think it is. Yeah, have a look. It doesn't, but it doesn't fill me with uh, good feelings. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god, it's so cute! <laughs> there you go. I think that's the oh oh my god, it's so adorable. That's the response they're looking for. So that's the good. eyes are so huge. <laughs> Oh, this is so creepy and cute at the same time. It's weird. I don't so, uh, yeah, I guess they're going for the new Ewoks or something. Um, uh, so there you go. There's also BB9E is going to be uh, uh, going to be rolling around or something else. And a little girl called Rose, who I've got a feeling we got told about before, but um, she's going to be... I don't, think, I don't know if we know who she is. I, I suspect probably not. They tend not to reveal character relationships, do they? No, but I won't be doing the Star Wars episode anyway, so... That's true, I'm, that's I'm true. okay, we don't need to talk about this. Fine, okay, you got any more news? Uh, not many more, uh, a little bit of Disney news, like, I know that Chivatel Age of 4 is uh, in talks to play Scar. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. In The Lion King. I know Mila Djokovic has joined Hellboy. Okay, good casting. Yeah. As the villain of the film called the Black Queen, but I don't know enough about how her comics to know what she does. So, but that's okay. pretty much all my news, really. Okay, I'm out. So let's move on to our next segment to see or not to Z. Uh, oh, famously better written down. Uh, to see the not, or not to Z, Colin. That's, that's the one. Um, films we've seen. Should you see them or should you not Z them? 
Uh, no, <laughs> doesn't work like that. Anyway, you can go because I have not seen any films because my parents were around, so I've been very busy. Ah, Zichan's parents. That's my excuse. His film, film-based experience. Um, I've been mostly watching Brie Larson films that I never got around to watching in the cinema this year. Okay. Um, so I, 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 I saw Kong, Kong Skull Island, which um, yes, I've seen about, that as well. Might talk about more about that in the or Samuel Jackson segment. So instead, I'll talk about um, Free Fire. You heard of Free Fire? I don't heard of Free Fire. So it's done by um, Ben Wheatley, uh, who's a British, I think, director who did uh, High Rise and um, Sightseers. Um, it's got a good cast. There's Brie Larson, um, Cillian Murphy. Or is it Killian Murphy? I never know. Killian Murphy, uh, right? Uh, Army Hammer. Uh, a couple of people I've come across. Um, but the, the basic concept is it's set in the 70s and it's a, a, some people going to go and buy some guns. Oh, yeah, Shanta Copley's in it. Um people buying some guns from Charlotte Cockby's character uh, and then basically they're in this warehouse and then they get to a bit of disagreement and the entire film then is just them all shooting at each other in this warehouse um, so it's quite a quick film it's only like an hour and twenty or something like that but it's uh, it's a fun idea it's kind of quite um, it's, I guess kind of like a dark comedy it's not kind of laugh out loud funny but it's got uh, some bits in it but also action I think it's a nice idea, and I, I, w- I kind of liked the vibe that they, it brought and the kind of low budgety uh, idea. My, my main problem with it is I think that they apparently took pains to kind of make sure that everything made sense. So they had a kind of map of the, the entire place, and they made sure that when people were hiding behind things, that they weren't exposed to other people, or if they were shooting at someone, then um, they had the proper direct lights, uh, lines of sight. And you don't really ever see that in the film so you kind of see lots of shots of people behind him behind pillars and shooting but i think what would have really improved this film is if you kind of had a more wide angle shots or, or maybe even a kind of a, a shot going through the the stage saying saying this is where everyone is because they, they've gone to all this effort to make it work and then you just don't see that but it's it's, a, it's quite a fun film i'd say it's i wouldn't rush Should I watch it? it but is it in the cinema or do you watch it in- i got on dvd oh. um I say it comes on Netflix. Maybe have a look. I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend money on it. Okay. Um, Did you buy the DVD because of? Um, well, partly because of Brie Larson. Partly because it got some good reviews. Like Empire liked it, and um, Ben Ben Wheatley is a director that I kind of I have high hopes for, but are never quite warmed to. So High Rise last year, I had good things, but it kind of wasn't really my thing. Um, your friend, my friend Dave Froud, I think was a big fan of uh, Sightseers. If I remember rightly. So uh, he's he's one of these days. Someone will give him a bigger budget. Yep. <laughs> and uh, he'll produce something a bit more exciting. Well, not exciting, a bit more mainstream, probably. He'll probably get all the edges worn off. And uh, then uh, then maybe uh, he'll get a bit more people seeing it. Because this film was a bit of a flop. I think it had 7 million budget, but only made 3.5 million at the box office. So, hmm. yeah. But yeah, the, the other fun thing is like when, when people shoot each other, they pretty much, or very, very rarely, they don't actually die. They just kind of just get hurt a lot. So you kind of see a lot of action films are every shot is taking out someone straight through the forehead and you get a lot of kind of people just like getting a bullet stuck in their arm or getting shot in the ankle or something like this and so they're all crawling around and crying out in pain and I say it's, it's it's kind of a dark comedy and it's kind of lots of oh, I can't believe you just shot me in the foot this kind of thing okay uh, well I'll check it out if it's on Netflix then yeah you have to wait a while but uh, yep. eventually okay um, we move on to the, the main uh, event uh, sports movies Hey! I'm excited. I've got quite a long list here. Uh, I did send you a message midweek saying, can we miss out boxing movies? Just yes. because I've seen, seen too many boxing movies. And we've spoken uh, about them quite a bit anyway. Yeah, we did a Rocky quiz while we were yes. talking about Creed. So I'm um, happy to um, miss out all the boxing films I had seen. Okay. But I've seen quite a few, surprisingly. Boxing films or just sports films? Sports films. Sports films fall into one of two categories, I think. Okay. One is usually an, a coach coming to a team. And okay. then, um, or ailing, you know, uh, ailing sports person and then train them up. And then they'll be like, they, they'll lose at the beginning. They'll lose in the middle. And then there'll be this right. big climax fight at the end when they either win or even if yeah. they lose, they'll lose so honorably that they might as well have won. Rocky style. Yes. Yeah. What's the second category? The second category is basically all other sports films. Okay. 
I think there's two sorts of sports films. One of them is based entirely around the uh, around Wimbledon, and the other one is all other categories of sports. Yeah, that's pretty much it, right? Um, my, my theory is that there are some the, the good sports films aren't really about sports. I agree. They're kind of yeah, they using should sport be as a metaphor yeah. or as a or they're telling a different story. Like Raging Bull. I know we're not doing boxing, but Raging Bull isn't isn't about boxing really. Uh, do you want to do you want to pick a film and kick us off? Yes, I will pick with. I think my favorite kick, film. Kick, of- kick us off. Kick us off. Little sports reference there. No. Yeah? No. Okay. No. I uh, think your favorite. My favorite sports film on my list okay. is uh, the Wrestler. Okay. Yeah. See, I took that out because I don't think wrestling is a. Sport it's very weird enough, though. Because the entire, but, you know, when you Google um, the whole list of sports films on Wikipedia, you'll see things like fishing. Like yeah, fishing. Yeah, competitive fishing, fishing was yeah. on um, on that. I was like, huh. I don't think that will work, but and, and mountain climbing as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, so okay, so they're counting like uh, 127 hours or something, or Everest or something as a sports film. Or, yes, it's it's wow. yeah, it's just weird. Okay. So, but I put the wrestler in because I like to talk. I wanted to talk about it anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, so I'd say that's more of an entertainment film, but let's let's go with it. Let's pretend it's sports. And let's, uh, it is sports. It's quite physical. You know, you you move your body. I guess. You move so it's directed yeah. by Darren Aronofsky, who oh, yes. is now Jennifer Lawrence's beau. Really? I thought she was going to Chris Martin. No, you are so way behind. Colin. <laughs> you should read more Heat magazine. I should. Read more Heat magazine. He did. Um, he did Black Swan and Pied, and oh, there's a two I know from. Yes, uh, Mickey Rourke plays the title titular character. Very good. Uh, the as an age wrestler who, despite his um, ailing health, wants to continue to wrestle in an attempt to recapture his heyday. Uh, mm. He stars Marisa Tomei as well. And both, I think, I think these are basically the peaks of their career for both Marisa Tomei and Mikiro. They're both great in this well, film. Both- I mean, to, Marisa Tomei won an Oscar for, uh, for My Cousin Vinny. But sure, she's... She... <laughs> She, she's good. She's she's a lot more naked in it than I was anticipating. She was. She plays a stripper, though. <laughs> she does. I mean, in fairness, play a stripper, so it would be odd if she was fully clad. But um. yeah, but uh, I mean, I think the film was edited very beautifully. I can still remember the final lingering shot of the film, even now. Mm. Even though I've seen that film, this film, six years ago. I don't know when it came out. It came out a long time ago. Um, but I can still remember the lingering last shot and. It, it, it just had such a huge huge impact on me. It was edited brilliantly. It was directed really, really mm. well. And, and Mickey Rourke, he, he, I don't, he didn't win the Oscars, did he? No. But there was a lot of Oscar buzz around at the time. Um, I think he lost to Sean Penn for Milk okay. in that year. But yeah, I think it was just... Oh, such a good yeah. film. Such a, such a good and film. And again, it's not really about the wrestling. Was no, it, it, it wasn't. Was about his kind of trying to, yeah, as you say, bring back former glory, trying to reconnect with his daughter, trying to... Figure out what he's done with his life. Yeah, um, yeah. I've not seen a lot of Mickey Rourke stuff. I think that was a kind of a big comeback. That that got in the Iron Man two gig, didn't it? And then uh, it kind of faded off, faded away again. But, yeah, but I, I liked him in that, and I thought he he did very well. I've um, I've broken down my list into uh, into sports categories. Um, I'll let you choose these. Do you want football, baseball, athletics, American football, motor racing, tennis, or other to start with? Since I started with other, you can do other first. Okay. Um, okay. Well, since you talked about something that's barely a sport, let's talk about Bring It On. <laughs> um, <laughs> how how did you exclude the wrestler and included Bring It On in this comment? Competitive no, cheerleading. That's a, no, that's a, no, that's a, that's a, <laughs> no. We're moving on from Bring It On. <laughs> okay. Let's go to. Um, oh, I talked about it before. Well, let's do Cool Runnings then. Okay. Let's um, do Cool Runnings. Who doesn't love Cool Runnings? So the, the, the great, noble, and uh, historical sport of uh, bobsled racing. Uh, this actually, when I was a kid, I, I kind of I hadn't seen this film, but I kind of vaguely heard of it, and my geography was very, very bad. And I genuinely thought for a while that Jamaica was one of the main competitors in in the field of bobsled. Um, uh, so, uh, I remember, like, uh, I, yeah, you know, like Switzerland, uh, Jamaica. <laughs> that's why you should go out more, Colin. <laughs> Go out to Jamaica. Yeah. Anyway, I'm now uh, something of a geographical expert, and I know that Jamaica isn't snowy. Oh, well done. Um, thanks, man. So it's a it's a great, it's a hilarious, fun film. It's, it must be Disney. It's very Disneyfied. Um, but the real life tale of 
of a group of Jamaicans who, uh, at least, I don't know if this is true, but um, at least one or two of them, well, at least one of them was kind of like a sprinter who fell in the heat so he couldn't make the Olympic squad. So uh, he teamed up with a group of, a ragtag group of friends to, to form a, uh, a team that had to work together to exceed their goals, etc. Et so pretty um, much all sports films then. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but um, it's 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 a fairly standard trope, isn't it? I think I don't know if you saw Eddie the Eagle. Yes, we've, we've, I think yeah, we've, in fact, we've talked about him. Yes, we, but, we did. Um, uh, but that was basically exactly the same story of cool runnings, and they're faced with uh, adversity, uh, and people are looking at them. Yeah, the establishment was against them. Yeah, everything's against yeah. them. But then they they push through it, mm. and yeah, which. But it's it's. I think most people have seen cool runnings. But it's very emotional ending as well. Uh, Oh, shed a tear on that one. Oh, Colin. Yeah, uh, which is yeah surprising considering what they've done before. But um, yeah, check it out. It's probably the best film about bobsled that there is. <laughs> is this the only film about bobsled there is? Uh, it's the only one I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> there, there, there might be others. Um, okay, what what other spot do you, do you have? Do you want me to do? I have. Uh, do you have any baseball films? Surprisingly, no. <laughs> No. no, I know because there's quite a huge. Oh, hold on. Yes, I have. I've seen Moneyball. Moneyball. We talked about Moneyball before. Didn't yeah, we? so I don't talk about it again. But that's the only film okay. I've seen. I know they're like the film of dreams. Who's in the film of dreams? That's probably the most film of dreams. Yeah, so that's a weird. That's a weird. Isn't it the most famous baseball film? Uh, yeah, probably it is actually. Yeah, so um, uh, the there's a chappy who uh, who decides to build a. I, I say decides to the ghost of a former baseball player whose name escapes me tells him to build a baseball pitch Kevin Costner Kevin Costner um, in his field <laughs> <laughs> what? what have you seen Field of Dreams no I've seen Field of Dreams as I say okay so basically yeah, a ghostly I can't remember which player it is I'm going to say Joe DiMaggio it's probably not Joe DiMaggio but anyway some some ghostly uh, uh, apparition says build this he, he owns a farm so you, or, and he says, "Build, build." Well, famously, he says, um, "Build it, and they will come." So it's like Vo- uh, Noah then. It's a bit like Noah, <laughs> with a ghostly baseball player taking the place of of God. And, uh, uh, and anyway, the stadium taking place of Ark. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. Um, and instead of animals coming in two by two, other ghostly baseball players turn up to play matches in two by two. Though, uh, um, they've, like, yeah, two by two. <laughs> That's how baseball works. Um, and then Kevin Costner's dad rolls up as well. He's ghostly dad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It's a weird film. I kind of wasn't expecting it to be quite so, uh, I guess, sci-fi. Is it sci-fi? Or whatever. Not sci-fi. Fantasy ghost. It's all... Um, yeah, I guess his, his family, I think, is, is, is our husband slash father having a mental breakdown because he keeps playing ghostly baseball. What? Um, That's what happens, though. Ugh. That's, that's the story. Um, I'm pretty sure that he then like connects with the communities. They all come and play baseball or something like that. With the ghost? Well, I think they probably play it without the ghost. I can't remember if anyone else can see the ghost. They're so weird. But, I mean, like... But yeah, it, it really wasn't what I was expecting. I, I, um, I think like the scriptwriters were like at the drawing board thinking about what to do, what kind of film about baseball I could write. Let's put some ghosts in there. This ghost, ghost baseball, yeah. ghost baseball would have been a great name. Field of Field of Dreams is a good. Yeah, name. It's a good name. Um, there, there was a Denzel Washington baseball film as well, wasn't there? What's it? Uh, I can't remember. But I seem to remember it, but never mind. Okay. My my favorite baseball film, I would say, well, apart from maybe Moneyball, so I've only seen three. Um, is uh, a, a League of Their Own, um, which is I really enjoyed it, actually. Uh, but it's it's about a, a team of um, female baseball players. Uh, as coached by Tom Hanks, ah. uh, stars Gina Davis. It also features Madonna. Um, of course, but yeah. It's back in the days when Madonna was huge. Have you seen actual baseball before, Colin? I have. I saw the, uh, the the Seattle Mariners take on the Texas Rangers at Safeco Stadium. Cool. I have actually seen the Yankees play in oh, yeah. Yankee Stadium, and I left after go. half an hour because <laughs> I was so bored. Nothing happens in uh, baseball, Colin. Nothing <laughs> happens in baseball. Everything is just an oh, a foul and out, a foul and out. Oh, you hit the ball. Oh, I ran a little bit. That's it. What What are you expecting? To- Nothing happens in baseball. <laughs> I mean, you've described fouls, misses, and hits, that, that, and running. That That is the game of baseball. 
Were you expecting like a little dance number or something? No, I expected something more. Well, if you're looking for the triumph of uh, of diversity, for overcoming the odds, for female equality, and for friendship along the way, I can recommend Field of Dreams. Not Field of Dreams, League of Their Own. Which includes the famous line, there's no crying in baseball. I said it, it was somewhere in the lower ranks of the American Film Institute's uh, 100 greatest lines of the last 100 years. Fair enough. What? Okay, what spot is next? I, I just ran through all of these. Do you, have any, uh, do you have any on football? Yes, I have one on football. Is it American Excellent. football or on football, uh, football? F- f- for our international listeners, this is proper football. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to remember whether you call it football in Malaysia or not. Or you call it soccer. No, definitely call it football. Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks for that. Is that because we... Uh, you colonizers, Colin. You colonizers. I've... I was trying to say it more nicely, but sure. <laughs> uh, is it because we colonized you? Yeah, um, Probably. And brought you the wonderful game of football. I hate you. <laughs> anyway, uh, the only football film I oh, have... This deteriorated fast. <laughs> Uh, the only football film I have on my list is uh, Bennett Like Beckham okay I've not seen that yeah I think it, it was the film that introduced us to Keira Knightley uh, it was it was and that's well I believe she had played a small role in uh, one of the Star Wars prequels but let's say yes it introduced us to very Keira small role in Star Wars prequels she died immediately <laughs> yes she did yes she did um, she didn't die immediately in this film it, but she so what happens in Medline Beckham? So, it tells the story of an 18-year-old daughter of a Punjabi Six in London. Okay. Who is very infatuated with football, but her parents have forbidden her to play because she's a girl. Okay. So, uh, classic, okay. you know, girls want to play football. Uh, parents. It's it's the football version of a league of their own. Pretty much, yeah. yeah and there's also that cultural um, divide as well. So, I, I do have um, uh, some, some kind of uh, empathy for it because, you know, there's, there's this thing about Asian parents not wanting their kids to do sports, and that's very true. Is this why you uh, why why you didn't become a football star? This, this is why I'm an actuary. Okay. Um, okay. So is is, is David Beckham in this film? No, uh, he's not in the film at all. I mean, the the reason why it's called Ben like Beckham is because the girls um, adore David Beckham, and let's let's be honest. The reason it's called Ben like Beckham is. <laughs> So they could sell tickets. Yeah, that's probably true. They actually did make a, a West End musical on this film as well, Colin. Oh, wow. Yeah, so okay. it's that... They have, yeah, it's that big. And it's just a very good, feel-good film. You can imagine what the story's going to be like, Colin. I'll let you describe this story, even without okay. without me no. telling you about it. Okay, so I, I did actually see the last five minutes okay. once. So you can't... The, only bit, the only bit I remember is they thought they saw David Beckham at an airport, but yes. it, it was clearly a stunt double. Well, not a stunt double, just a double. Um, so they saw the back of his head. Okay, um, she goes out in secret to play football because she doesn't want her parents to know. Yes. She tells them she's she's doing something yes. else. Um, she forms a strong friendship with Kira Knightley, who, despite being from a completely different background, shares many of the same joys that she does. Yes, go on. <laughs> her parents discover that she's playing football <laughs> and ban her from ever doing it yep, again. Yeah, go on. <laughs> uh, she's distraught, but then they realise just how much she loves it, and they decide it's actually better for her to uh, to get involved. Am I, am I? Yeah, yeah. You pretty much covered yeah. the whole plot without even having seen the film. <laughs> there, there's also a love triangle thing oh, happening in the is, middle. Is there a big moment where she does bend it like Beckham to win the score, the winning goal for something? What do you think, Colin? Uh, I think there probably yes. is. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, quite pleased with that. Uh, once we're on football, um, I've got some good ones here and some not so good ones. Let's start with the not so good one. Um, she's the man. Uh, a classic. Retelling of uh, Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, set in a uh, soccer team. Oh, I've seen that as well. University. There you go. Yeah, that's um, uh, Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes, um, unconvincingly pretending to be a boy to get on. So the unconvincingly, like it's so <laughs> obvious she's not a guy. Um, it's a young Channing Tatum is in that film, um, but a much better one. Uh, it's a film called Fever Pitch. Which again, it's it's um, based on a book by Nick Hornby, mm-hmm. uh, which is either semi or entirely autobiographical. I can't remember. Um, Colin Firth plays uh, an Arsenal fan, so it's it's more of a it's I say it's not a playing sport film. It's a kind of supporting sport film, uh, and it's all about our, kind of he's spent his life following Arsenal. He's, he's a teacher, like PE teacher, and he's got this kind of relationship off and on with um, fellow teacher. I think it is. Uh, 
but it's kind of about the, the highs and lows of being a football fan and how it can kind of take over your life um, and kind of putting your your emotions completely into things you can't control. Mm. Uh, Mark Strong's in it as well. I think, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think at the time, apparently Colin Firth got pretty badly reviewed for it on the basis that people thought it wasn't realistic. He, he, he just, or he wasn't realistic in the part because uh, he'd just come out of um, Pride and Prejudice and kind of everyone was picturing him as Mr. Darcy. Yeah. I saw a quote from him once saying, um, yeah, people said that I wasn't suited for it when I basically put on my own clothes and walked just down the road from where I live. Um, so I felt a bit sorry for him. But yeah, I don't know, really enjoyed that. I recommend that one. Um, there's uh, yeah, a great scene where he, his girlfriend, who's is not a football fan, doesn't understand why on earth he could care so much. And then he's kind of saying, well, because oh, yeah, he he doesn't apply for a particular promotion or something because it would mess up his football supporting in some way. Okay, like if he mismatched something, and she's like, well, "How else could you miss that?" And he's like, oh, "I've been wanting to see this match for the last you know, ten years of my life. This job has only just come around." And yeah, no, it's a. Uh, I think as as a football fan myself, the Mighty Wolves may may or may not have kept up the hundred percent record for the start of the season by the time you listen to this. Uh, uh, I don't think I have. <laughs> uh, I don't think I have anywhere near as much dedication as uh, Colin Firth's character does in that film. Um, I'm more, much more casual fan. Yeah, nice, nice name dropping there, Colin. What's that, season You want to know about Wolves' hundred percent record? No, uh, no, I no? hate football. <laughs> we've only played two games, and one of them is in the cup, but we've won them both. No so, one cares. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone. 30 something episodes without talking about wolves this this is a sport yeah and we film. can do like 70 more without talking about the wolves <sighs> okay next sport uh, I just have more football um yeah I got a couple more football so um there's a film called The Damned United which is um uh, so have you heard of Brian Clough no no, fair enough even my brother who hates football as much as you yes. do I think would have heard of Brian Clough no he wouldn't have uh, let us know, Simon, if you've heard of Brian Clough. Um, he's, uh, well, he's dead now, but he, he was a football manager. He managed um, Nottingham Forest and Derby County both very successfully. Uh, arguably uh, up there with Alex Ferguson as the, possibly the greatest uh, British football manager of all time. But he had a very brief period where he managed Leeds United and it all went horribly wrong. Um, so he, he turned up to the club and basically just told them that all the medals they'd won previously were worthless because they didn't win them in the right way. Um, and they hated him. But it stars uh, Michael Sheen as Brian Clough. Uh-huh. He does a very good Brian Clough voice um, but, and plays it very well. It's based on a book by David Pierce, which, which is also... Uh, or David Pierce. I'm looking at it on my bookshelf even now. David Pierce. Um, the book is actually, I think, quite a lot cleverer because it's kind of got these dual dialogues and um, you're kind of really looking into the mind of... Brian Clough whereas the, the film is very good but kind of doesn't quite dig in to that extent but I still recommend watching it um, it's got uh, Timothy Spalloth Jim Broadbent so it's a good cast um, it's about football I I'd say you don't need to it's, it's about football management it's about the kind of the, the demons that follow him and his kind of <sighs> Uh, arrogance in my view so it's, again I think you can enjoy it without enjoying football yeah now I know how much I don't care about football because my mind just went blank when you started talking about the plot of the film Colin excellent in which case the only other football I think I have is Escape to Victory which you have to mention when you're doing a sports film rundown uh, Escape to Victory is about prisoners of war in a um, Nazi prison camp who decide to play the Nazis at football <laughs> <laughs> but they're their, their big plan is to uh, escape at half time uh, in this match. Uh, it, uh, I, I've seen this film a couple of times, and I may have misremembered, but I'm pretty sure and they definitely don't escape because they decide uh, basically gets to half time. They're like, "We can win this, lads. We can win this. Let's play the second half." But I'm pretty sure it ends in a draw. So escape to victory really ought to be called stay there. For draw. <laughs> uh, but it has an it has an all star cast, um, including. Uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone as a goalkeeper. Uh-huh, yep. He wasn't... Apparently, he wanted the script to be that he then went and scored the winning goal, but they, they wouldn't let him do that. But there's an amusing scene where he's putting off all these incredible penalty saves, but since Sylvester Stallone's not the world's greatest goalkeeper, it's basically just him moving half a yard to the left and catching the ball at kind of chest height. So it's it's not that impressive. Um, it's got uh, Michael Caine as a, as a manager... 
or the coach. Um, but it's got a uh, lots of footballers in it, basically. So Pele, oh, wow. Bobby Moore. Uh, and then kind of half the Ipswich Town first team, <laughs> which is always a, it's a slightly odd choice. They're probably cheap though. Uh, I think Ozzy Ardiles might be in it. Uh, so the, the kind of all the football is very good. Their acting isn't. Uh, well, they're not asked to do much acting, in fairness, which is really just playing football. Basically, just playing football. Uh, but yeah, it's not by any stretch of the imagination good, but uh, but it's quite fun. That's all my football. Um, yeah. Have we exhausted your list of sports films or do you have some more you want to... Well, football films or sports films in general? Sports no, films. No, I do have a few more. Go for uh, it. I have The Blind Sight. Okay, we're on to American football. That's American football. Uh, that tells the story of Michael O'Hare um, and his adoption by Sean and Lian. Uh, I was played by... Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. And... Oh, what's the name? Uh, Nicole Kidman's husband. <laughs> Urban. Carl Urban? Keith Urban. Keith Urban. Oh, is it Tim Urban? One of them. Only Urban. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's just not Nicole Kidman's husband. I always keep getting these things wrong. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, it shows about, um, yeah, it's just a story because he's th- he had an impoverished, um, impoverished un- upbringing. So he was very poor. He was yeah. going through foster families. So it's a very uplifting film about him discovering this foster family, um, and them, you know, making him great. Uh, you know, giving him a nice home, giving him a good family, and taking care of him okay. until he becomes one of the best American football players. Now, I I think he's one of the best American football players. Now. I have no idea, <laughs> but you I know, suppose he is. Let's ma- let's make American football great again. Um, Sandra Bullock won an Oscar for that film. She did. Yeah. yeah, I think I think it probably played better in America than it did over here. I think it probably did okay over here, but um, it's very kind of very American, Central American, not Central American, um, Mid America. Good old slice of apple pie. Um, good, uh, yeah. I think she's she's fine. I wouldn't. I've only seen it once, but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, same here. Um, the only other American football film I can remember seeing is Any Given Sunday. Um, I come to so at the top of this, I kind of said good sports films aren't really about sports. Any Given Sunday is absolutely about sports. So it's not a good uh, film then. It's not. <laughs> it's um. It's basically it's yes the tale of this team. Who, trying to win some American football who knows but um, it's, it's, it's funny that there was um, a kind of a European cut of the film mm-hmm. where they got rid of quite a lot of the American football references on, on the theory that we wouldn't understand them which in fairness even in the European cut I didn't understand what they were <laughs> so uh, yeah if, if, if you're American and you're listening to this I don't know I don't know if we have American listeners um, no one else understands your sports Um so as far as I can tell from piecing things together from this film and from Forrest Gump, American football is mostly about just throwing the ball forwards and running. That's suggests, isn't it? Yeah, I so, think so um, too. Anyway, so this has got, I think it's Jamie Foxx, but um, Al Pacino, there's kind of a famous speech in this where he's basically saying, go and, go and win it. He does it better than that. Um, no, but it's a, it's a big old uh, building up people. And uh, apparently, um, I think when Roy Keane was manager of some team or other, maybe Sunderland, he played them the uh, any given Sunday speech as a way of trying to motivate them. It did not work. Um, well, let's. So yeah, I, I give that one a miss. Okay, I'm not paying to watch it anyway. So <laughs> okay, well there you go. That's good. Um, how about a tennis? I have no tennis films. You not seen Wimbledon? I've not seen Wimbledon. Uh, I don't I have. Wimbledon. Is that that's why Kirsten Dunst, right? Uh, Kiss and Dance, yeah, Paul Bettany, uh, it's Richard Curtis, it's, um, it's always on TV around Wimbledon, so, yeah, to no, no, catch it. It was, uh, it was, uh, it's about basically a British tennis player who, against the odds, makes it to the, the final of Wimbledon. No, no spoilers, but that was um, quite rare back then as well. Well, exactly, it was at a time when we were all, um, hoping that Tim Henman would, uh, would do it, yep. but we hadn't had a, a man in the in the final since like 1936 or something so it was it was all very aspirational um, then Andy Murray came and actually did it and the film kind of lost a bit of its uh, relevance that kind of thing. <laughs> yep. um, but yeah, Paul Bettany is kind of this ageing like almost retired player and it's kind of one last swing for the fences as they say in a different sport um, there's, there is one scene actually that's, he's he's not named as Tim Henman but he's playing a guy who basically clearly is supposed to be Tim Henman uh, at one point along the way uh, alongside that he's uh Falling in love with an American tennis player who's much better than him, uh, played by Kirsten Dunst. Uh, yeah, it's it's classic Richard Curtis. It's 
light and it's fun and nothing nothing wrong with a bit of Wimbledon. Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, the only other tennis film. If I know, I've got a couple of tennis films that are coming out later this year, which I thought I'd mention, which obviously I haven't yes, seen. Yes, there's one um, with uh, Emma Stone. That's right, yeah, Battle of the Sexes. Yes, and what's... So it's Emma Stone and Steve Carell. Yes, Steve Carell, yep. And it's telling the story about this chap called Bobby Riggs, who basically seemed to be a bit of a arrogant so-and-so, and he was saying, oh yeah, I could beat any female tennis player. Uh, and he played Billie Jean King, who was at that time I think the best tennis, female tennis player in, in the in the world, rather. Yeah, yeah you know how this story is going to end anyway, because we know what happened in real life. Yeah, what I think is interesting actually. Um, so I think it, it's good casting. They, they, I think it'll be a fun film. The funny thing is that there were quite a lot of these battles of the sexes. So Bobby Riggs played a, a lady called I think Mary Court, maybe, and, and there were quite a few other times where these things have happened. And this one was basically the only one where the woman what, actually won. won. Yeah. So, uh, so obviously it's the most famous one. It's the one they're going to get a film of. But um, I, I, again, I imagine it's going to be more about the kind of um, gender struggles and and kind of um, yeah, you, you, place you in, can, in sport. I mean, rather than just yeah, who's going to win. You can tell where this is going to hit. And the next film is the one with James McAvoy, right? Not James McAvoy. Um, Shia Booth. Shia Booth, the American James McAvoy. Yeah, Bork versus McEnroe. So, uh, who knows? I don't think I've ever seen a good Charlie Booth film, but maybe this will be the first one. Um, so, uh, Bjorn Borg and John McEnroe, two of the most famous tennis players of all time. You heard of them? I know, but I know that Charlie Booth's character is it John McEnroe. That's right. Yeah, he's very well known for his um, tirades and outbursts. You cannot be serious. On, that was his big On the thing. court, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's calmed down a bit now. He does the commentary. So, it's pretty much Charlie Booth, right? Playing himself. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, who, kn- who knows what Charlotte Booth is really like. <laughs> Fine. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so the, the, the kind of the caricature was he was the, like the fiery hothead and, and Bjorn Borg was kind of the really cool Scandinavian ice giant and all this. Mm. Um, I, I imagine this film will probably play the stereotypes. I, being that it's Charlotte Booth, I imagine it won't be good, but you never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what sports should we turn to next? Uh... I want to mention uh, one of my favorite films when I was younger, oh, yes. Mighty Ducks. Okay, ice hockey or hockey in America. I know almost nothing about this. Have you not seen Mighty Ducks before? I believe that Emilia Westerfeld. Yes, it is. yes. I've not of seen the it. Sheen family it. fame. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a Disney film. So you, you I'm good. I don't want to let you guess the story again because it's very predictable. But uh, <laughs> uh, are there ducks in it? There are ducks in it. Really, real ducks. Well. Not that you can see, but the whole idea is that they will win their final match by forming a formation like the ducks flying in you know, the reverse V shape. Oh, goodness. Yes. But I loved it when I was young. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a Disney film. Why not, eh? Yeah. So, and we don't have ice hockey back in Malaysia, so it was quite new to us. So that was probably no, it's why. big in Jamaica, right here. Um. Yeah, it is. Very okay. Um, I don't have any ice hockey films, although I believe there was one with um, Martin uh, Charlie Sheen. Rather, he did a couple Meatheads or something. Maybe um, I've got a couple of I've got a few motor racing films. Is it Senna? I find Senna's on there. I, I find motor racing incredibly boring. Basically, I, I feel about motor racing the way that you feel about every single sport, apart from badminton. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, but Senna is, a, is an excellent uh, um, documentary about Ethan Senna, who was a Brazilian racing driver, one of the all-time great racing drivers. Who died. Um, it's all, who died, yeah. Um, it's, it's all put together from kind of footage from the time. So there's some talking over it, but it's kind of not talking heads. It's it's all kind of like... And it's amazing the footage they got, because they show him as a as a kid going up through just like racing go-karts and stuff all the way up. And they've got some like, inside footage of, of drivers' meetings where... There's like angers of uh, tempers are fraying, and again, it's partly played up as a kind of rivalry with him and, and, and Alan Prost. But um, yeah, it, it, like if like me, you don't have any interest at all in, in motor racing, it's still good. Um, I was seeing a film called Rush. Have you seen Rush? Rush. The Chris Hemsworth. No, um, I've not seen that either. I heard that's quite really good as well. Yeah, it's directed by Ron Howard. I think is always always bankable. Mm. Um, he played a British racing driver, and I, I, I've forgotten his name, which is embarrassing. It's James something. Like What's his accent? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Um, can't complain with that. Daniel Brawl's in it as Nicky Lauder. Um, 
but again, it's it's uh, it's enjoyable even if you don't like motor racing. It's good performance. I think it's kind of first time seeing Chris Hemsworth do anything other than Thor, so it's quite fun to see um, what he could do. Mm. And uh, yeah, I say so. Worth watching. The only one I've got was a Days of Thunder, which I don't think is necessarily worth watching, nope. but um, but uh, has the interesting uh, fact that I think it's the film that uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman met. Unless they met on uh, the other film they made together. <laughs> but, uh, they, wow, that's, that's very insightful, Colin. That's a, uh, that's a fascinating fact, isn't it? <laughs> James Hunt was uh, the character played by uh, by Chris Hemsworth in that other film. I just looked it up. Yeah, Days of Thunder. It's got it's Tom Cruise, Hawkeman. It's um, he drives around and looks moody. You can, probably not one of the most Tom Cruise films you have to watch. Mm. Uh, do you have any more? We should probably move on to uh, we, our next segment. Yeah, we should don't. move on to the next segment. Okay. Uh, actor Factor, we talked through the films of Samuel L. Jackson, postponed from last time. Yeah, because we're out of time again. Yeah, we're running out of time again, but I hey, know. never mind. <laughs> you, you, you can cut out some of those sports films, maybe. Or we can just run along, I guess. Uh, do you want to kick us off with Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. Um, I mean, so... I mostly know him from the the Marvel series, really. But yes. we're not going to talk more. Yeah, that. because he was like most a lot of supporting characters usually. Like in Jurassic Park, okay. he was a supporting character. In Star Wars Episode One, he was yes. on the side. But um, I think I'll just talk about my favorite film first, which is The Incredibles. Oh yes, great film. Yeah. yeah. So he's he voices Frozone, who's yes. basically like Iceman. In in the the that this Pixar film, and okay. it's it's just a very uh, you know I you know I love my Pixar. Everyone knows I love my Pixar, and but this is probably one up there with one of the best Pixar films out there. Yeah, I'd say it's probably my favorite. Um, yeah. It 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 tells a very good story about family, and how you born yeah. to, uh, by fighting supervillains. Yeah, and it's kind of it's tongue in cheek where it needs to be, and it's kind of authentic where it needs to yeah, be. Yeah, like normal um, Pixar, really. And it's probably the best Fantastic Four film out there at the moment. That's what they say. Yeah. Yeah. I think Samuel Jackson's not exactly integral to that film, but, no, uh, but he does what he does. Yep. He does what he does well. Um, well as I mentioned, uh, so I said earlier, I, I saw Kong Skull Island. Did you um, like it? I did. I wasn't blown away, but um, I, I liked it. I thought I thought Tom Hiddleston was, was really miscast. I thought so too. To be honest. Yeah. He just feel so out of place in that film. Yeah, so he's a good actor. Although, to be honest, he wasn't a very good actor in, in this. I think he's a kind of he, he's great as Loki. I enjoyed him in High Rise. I've not I've not seen him in massive other things, but um, but yeah, he just he's, he's supposed to be kind of this almost kind of Indiana Jones type, I guess, kind of uh, adventure hero. Yeah, he's not that kind of character though. Like he's he really isn't. No, you need Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah, to be honest, yeah, I'm trying to, I was trying to think who would do the job better and. and most, <laughs> most twenty something like Chris Hemsworth so might might have played well. I'm not sure actually how well he'd work with Brie Larson because there was kind of a fairly half-hearted love story with Brie Larson as well. But um, but you know, I thought it was, it was kind of um, just on the right edge of of, of the gory and violent things. So the saw bits of that, but nothing it didn't kind of overreg it. Yeah, I, I had a general feeling this didn't hadn't done well at the time, but um, I think the reviews weren't too hard and it made a reasonable amount of money. I think I didn't see Godzilla, but that's the the, the aim is to team up because it's set in uh, around the time of Vietnam. I thought, yeah, I thought it was it did it kind of was a bit heavy handed in the Vietnam references. So you had kind of uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Apocalypse Now, but there's a, there's a famous shot where there's kind of helicopters in the sunset. Okay, and and they basically exactly repeated that shot in, in King Kong, which is kind of a cool reference and it's a nice shot. But weirdly, kind of, they, then they show to another angle, and it's nowhere near sunset. It's kind of like from one angle you've got this apocalypse now backdrop, and the other <laughs> angle it's just mid afternoon. <laughs> Couldn't you have made that consistent? That sticks out a bit. But yeah, I think the problems with King Kong films, particularly when you're not bringing, because it's all set on the island, they don't, they don't bring him into New York. Yeah, is, is trying to work out what exactly to do with him, and, and what this does, which I think a lot of King Kong films probably have done, is, is kind of have lots of other types of creatures. It's basically like, you know, Journey to the Center of the Earth, uh, Lost World kind of-ish storyline, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. But I think they're trying to build up King Kong to be a kind of the hero as opposed to the villain. 
Um, so he he's defending these this island against other creatures and what have you. Yeah, am I mistaken? But they're doing a Kong versus Godzilla film soon, right? That's right. Yeah, so that's, that's right. why they need to make him a hero. Yeah, although I don't know if Godzilla is necessarily going to be a bad guy because didn't Godzilla fight some other creatures in the last one? So they might team up to attack other things. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> uh, there's, he's he was in Goodfellas in a fairly minor role. He's always in fairly minor was, roles. Yeah, I mean, he was very. This was towards the start of his. Well, actually, wasn't he? He made a lot of stuff, but it was kind of the first film I've seen of him. Yeah. His and. Uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, I was looking at this, and you're right. The, the only thing that I've seen that he was kind of even close to the star, mm. I guess, is well, there's a few. There's the pulp, pulp Fiction, obviously, mm. um, of course, which is, is the only Quentin Tarantino film I've seen. Um, it's kind of hugely iconic, isn't it? People love that film. I, I'm not really a. I, I can I can admire Tarantino, but he's not really for me. Um, in as much as. The, well, the main thing, I guess, is I, I really don't like seeing drug use on film. There's some horrific drug scenes in that. And I can live without seeing rape scenes as well, to be honest. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of us can live without seeing rape scenes. So, uh, yeah, it goes a bit beyond what I'm comfortable watching. Yeah, I still have not seen pop fiction, though. No, no. Okay. It's like one of those films that's on my list of things to watch, but I just never got around to do it. I suspect you might not like it. Mm. Um, One of my favourites actually is Loaded Weapon 1, which is a really cheesy spoof of of, uh, Lethal Weapon series. Also starring Emilio Estevez, actually. Um, So it's... I don't know if you've kind of seen airplanes or naked guns. It's very much in that kind of uh, ilk, but it's great fun. Um, Do you have any other films (laughs) to talk about with Simon Jackson? Uh I mean, uh, so he's talking about Kong Skull Island. Um, there's Kingsman, which I love. Yes, I thought that was yeah, a very good fun film. I'm looking. He, he wasn't. He wasn't brilliant in it, to be honest. Yeah, he was quite uh, smarmy, and yeah, he has he nothing much to go about. Deci- really, decided to play with the list. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but I love Kingsman. I'm looking forward to the sequel coming out this year. Uh, there's Unbreakable. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a great film. Yeah, I've enjoyed that one. Uh, it's um, better than what we yeah, are. I think it's one of M.A. Shyamalan's better films. Yeah, I'd say it's probably my favourite ones of his I've seen. And uh, a great performance from Simon Jackson's Mr. Glass. Do you have a least favourite of uh, of his films? Probably Star Wars Episode 1. Yes. Yeah, it's difficult to disagree with that. Probably. Uh, like, I mean, uh, yeah, I just couldn't stand young Anakin Skywalker. Okay. He was... It's a terrible... It's a, just a terrible it film is. all around. Like, they didn't know what they wanted to do with it, so... Let's put some, you know, um, chariot racing. I can't remember what it's called. But I think, um, I think Samuel Jackson is the, I think this is right, um, the highest grossing actor, if you kind of go for the amount of money that have been made by films he's in. Oh, wow. Um, because, I mean, apparently like, he's in six um, film. MCU yeah. films, but some of them he's literally in for like 30 seconds in you know, the post-credits thing but um the incredibles obviously made loads of money star wars prequels made ridiculous amounts of money jurassic park um made a lot of money so uh he was even in a, a diehard film which probably picked up a bit of cash so oh, wow. uh, i think so if you want your film to make uh, lots of money put samuel L. jackson in i'm not sure if, if it works that way around <laughs> or whether he's just like he i mean he, he almost feels like he's a bit of a cipher for kind of we, we need a kind of tough wise cracking black guy he just seems very lazy casting in some ways. Um, but he fits the role very well. But, but he does it well. Did you see uh, Tarzan? No, I didn't see Tarzan. No, I didn't, but I, yeah, that didn't make very much money. But that's kind of, yeah, he, he doesn't mind turning up in a blockbuster, let's say. Uh, who are we doing in uh, Act of Factor next uh, week? We mentioned him earlier. Uh, uh, Tom Hardy. Ah. I look forward to yeah. it. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Okay. Uh, good stuff. Time for our quiz where I have a huge, huge lead. Oh, you don't um, rub, it, rub it in, Colin. So much so that I'm barely even trying anymore. Uh, really? Really? Can you, like, give me, like. I've been three hours every week. Three hours of hardcore research. Uh, it's John Carney, uh, aforementioned director. Uh, John kicks off. Yes. So, question one. One tells the story of a Dublin busker. Who falls in love with a flower seller from which country? Uh, Poland. 
Oh, Colin, you really need to work on your geography, and eh? you're so confident with that as well. I seem so confident. Is it Croatia? Oh. Is it? Uh, no, I, I just thought it was Poland. Are you confusing no. all the Eastern European countries together? She's from the Czech Republic. Yeah, uh, well, never mind. I just thought she was Polish. I was so so incredibly confident. Yeah, um, you were. What What's the name of John Carney's 2009 film featuring an escaped convict who falls a village into thinking he's an alien? Oh, is it Zonad? It is Zonad. Can't believe you had That's to pick work. that up. Question two for me. As a result of the film once, both Glenn Hansard and Marketa Erglova formed a folk rock duo on under what name? Which is derived from a novel by Joseph Skoreski. <laughs> I gave you so many clues uh, though. You did. I, I even read this around the time that I was discovering that she was from Poland. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> yes, I Sleep. Sleep. Really, you, you name your folk, folk band Sleep. That's what I do. It's called the Swell Season. Yeah, that's close. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, uh, which actor who went on to feature in the Dark Knight trilogy was originally lined up to play the lead in Once? Oh, that's Killian Murphy, right? Correct. Look. Question three. Um, what's the name of the song that was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song in Begin Again? Was it Lost Stars? Yep. Question three. What was the name of the song from Begin Again that was nominated for Best <laughs> Original Song? Is it Lost Stars? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Question four. Uh, what is the nickname that Rafina gave Connor in Sing Street? Guitar Boy. You're really not trying, right? Are you calling? <laughs> Are you just giving me this way and easily? Um, it looks like it. It wasn't necessarily intentional. Yeah. <laughs> it's Cosmo. Really? Yeah. All right. Uh, in which city is Sing Street set? It's Dublin, right? It is Dublin. Um, I've got to go for five nil five. Oh, question. I've got I've I've got one right. Oh yeah, that's true. It was true. a question that I also asked you. In fact, <laughs> question five. Uh, yes. The music video for a song from Sing Street called Drive It Like You Stole It is inspired by the dance scene in which iconic film? <laughs> okay, well, this is guessable. I can just guess um, guess a film with a famous dance scene. Um, is it Dirty Dancing? No, Colin, because you'll kick yourself for it because it's Back to the Future. Really? Yeah. They were trying to do okay. the, the, what, the, was it the 80s? Or the, yeah, our the 50s. The 50s dancing, but... yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, okay, <laughs> five from five could be on the cards, Dijan. Is this your, would this be your first five? Probably, yeah. Five? Yeah. Okay. What does the lead character in Wants fix for a living? Uh, who was? He does. Good yes! Luck. Five one. Absolute whitewash. Ah, I feel um, so happy now. Uh, next time the quiz speaking of um, in fact it was one of, the, one of the Samuel Jackson films I didn't mention but he was in um, Patriot Games mm. uh, so the quiz is on Jack Ryan films okay uh, what's our main topic for next time Zijan? Young Adults Films Part 2 Part 2 otherwise uh, otherwise known as we're running out of ideas milk it because <laughs> it's the one that people seem to <laughs> seem to like listening yes. to yes <laughs> <laughs> Some most popular episode to date, so let's see if we can repeat that magic uh, by doing it all over again. Cool. We will see you then. Bye.